And of course, people will say, oh, DevOps isn't a role, it's a culture, things like that. But if you go look online and you search for jobs and you type in DevOps, there'll be a ton of DevOps roles that exist there. So you can ignore those folks. They don't know what they're talking about. Hi, and welcome to the Get Into Cloud podcast. My name is Coin Graham. Today, we're talking about the different cloud roles. Now, you might be learning a lot about cloud and starting to look at getting into cloud as a potential career path for you, but likely you have a question. There are a lot of different roles that are available, and it can be very confusing and overwhelming trying to understand all the different roles that are would be available at the beginning of your career. So what I want to do today is kind of go through a number of the starting roles, talk a little bit about the kinds of work that those roles do, the personalities that might align with those roles, a little bit of what, what kind of work you would do day to day for each of those roles so that you can align them to to your personality and to the type of work that you like to do. So the the first thing before I even start is to say that many of these roles are somewhat nebulous. There are no strict definitions for these roles. You'll find that in many companies, they will use these role names and these titles somewhat loosely. So the work can get, could be similar. You have to kind of, if you're looking for instance at a job, and you're looking at the requirements for that job, there should be some details in the requirements that can clue you in to the type of role that is, the title that you might have, and then the tasks that you might be a part of. So I will say while these are general definitions for the roles and titles, as I understand them, you might find that these can bleed together or be different or defined differently depending on the company that you're hiring with or how folks define those words. The first role I want to start with is called cloud operations. A cloud operations person is someone who is going to manage and maintain cloud systems. So think of this as uh, potentially an HVAC person or a plumber, someone who is coming in after systems have already been built to make sure that those systems are managed and maintained and they stay up to date. In the world of on-premises data centers, this would be called a sysadmin. This is someone who is going to be dealing very heavily with operating systems like Linux and Windows, potentially be involved in patching and troubleshooting. You might be engaged with monitoring and alerting around these systems, and you would likely be involved in recovery of these systems should they fail. So think of it like an HVAC person who comes out, checks your air conditioner once every couple of years to make sure that it's running well, but also would be called out when there's a problem with your air conditioner to fix it. So this is the cloud version of that. Someone who's going to be engaged in potentially patching every week or you know every month or whatever their patch schedule looks like. They might be involved with updating applications on those systems as well, configuring those applications or making changes basically the, the what they call day two care and feeding for those systems. 
the personalities that go with this are folks that like to troubleshoot, maintain things, keep things going, and build something that, that lasts, right? So you have to have an interest in doing that kind of stuff. The second role I would consider to be the next step above that would be cloud engineer. Um, this is a person who would be likened to the builder. So potentially if you were building a brand new house, you might bring in a general contractor and he might bring in some subcontractors to build the house. So they're going to be laying down, you know, the concrete foundation and the wood frame. They're not concerned. They may put in the initial plumbing and the HVAC system. They're not going to be coming back month to month later into the future to do the maintenance on those systems. They're doing the initial build. So in the cloud, you would be a person who is deploying infrastructure. You might be running DevOps pipelines, editing Terraform or other infrastructure as code. You'd be building new environments and, and standing up new environments. You might end up uh, decommissioning old environments. So you might be tearing things down as well, because if, if you are on a team that owns the infrastructure as code, it's likely that you would uh, be terminating things as well as building them. So this is a role that is much more heavier in terms of your cloud understanding and your cloud knowledge. You need to know more about cloud. Cloud operations is going to be very OS dependent. You need to know a lot about Linux and Windows potentially if, if the environment had Windows. But most of the time you need to know heavy Linux. Cloud engineer would need to understand how to build items through infrastructure as code, DevOps, um, and whatever the blueprints for those environments, however that's done, whether Terraform or CloudFormation templates in AWS, Bicep, uh, in Azure. So cloud engineer is about building. Um, the next step from that would be a cloud architect. So the cloud architect, like a real architect, is someone who is going to create blueprints. So they are designing what the end goal should look like, what the built item would look like. They might be choosing the materials and creating those structures and blueprints for the items that are gonna be built. Now, when the cloud engineer gets to actually building, if there's the situation on the ground changes, then the cloud engineer might build it slightly different than the architect. They might have to get together to have a discussion about how the build should be done in light of some new information or some change. But the cloud architect is supposed to be the one who is doing design work. So this is someone who, who might potentially spend time in Terraform and high-level diagrams. They need to have a, a much deeper cloud architecture understanding. In many cases, maybe networking understanding as well. Um, they're really going to be thinking beyond individual workloads and throughout the entire landscape of an environment of how something would be designed and built. This is really for personality, someone who likes desi to design solutions, who likes to think uh, about ways to solve problems, but is okay with not necessarily building the thing that they design. So that's one thing that I've seen you know, across these three roles, you'll see that some people have a personality where they really want to see something that's built. They wanna be a part of finishing the job, in air quotes. They don't want to just design something and walk away, um, but the architect is, it doesn't pick up a hammer. The architect's job is to build blueprints. And so um, oftentimes an architect will be designing something that they'll never build.
The next role is Cloud FinOps. So FinOps is an interesting kind of role that has, that, that honestly didn't exist on-prem. When you think about on-prem, if you're going to, for instance, let's say you were going to extend, you're going to buy a new rack uh, for servers, for physical servers, you maybe put a blade chassis and a SAN inside of this rack. Maybe you wanted something self-contained. That requisition would have to go through a number of steps through finance and approvals in order for that purchase to happen. But in the world of cloud, it's a much different situation. As you can imagine in cloud, people have permissions just to create resources inside of their accounts. It's a bit like if you gave credit cards to all your kids, right? Like that is very different than your kids having to come to you to ask you for money or ask you to buy something. If you just gave credit cards to all your kids and they could buy whatever they wanted, that is something you would have to keep very close tabs on. And that is what Cloud FinOps is all about. Cloud FinOps usually revolves around some tooling, but doesn't have to, but monitoring and reacting to cloud costs and to eliminate cloud waste. So you could imagine it's very easy in the cloud to stand up new resources and without an appropriate tagging strategy or some other guardrails in place, you might forget about those resources and they sit there and just um, charge money to the company going forward. So there's a lot of new work that has to happen from the finance perspective and operations around finance to be able to control cloud costs, react to those changes, and eliminate cloud waste. The type of person that you know would be interested in this job is someone who likes working in spreadsheets, likes working in reports, likes working with numbers, and is interested in helping companies save money. So is it's going to be a lot of work in Excel or some other type of spreadsheet where you're looking to try to balance, one of the key pieces of FinOps is balancing saving money versus uh, the needs of the business. If you had an application, you could make all of the instances in that application smaller uh, to save money. You would save, you know, it'd be 50% off if you just were to turn all the servers down one step in AWS, you'd save 50%. But what about the performance that your customers are going to experience. If it creates a bad experience for your customers, is that worth the money? Well, I think most businesses would say no. So you, there are a lot of considerations before you can start to do things like stepping down the instance types or potentially changing to serverless or looking at other avenues for how you deliver your workloads to, to your internal and external customers. Cloud FinOps helps you to work those kinds of things out. The next role is called a sales engineer. So a sales engineer or a cloud sales engineer is really a kind of a technical wingman who comes along in the sales process. So these, this role is really the first we've talked about that will be a sales role. So this is a customer facing role that makes you a part typically in a team with one or many sales professionals and you're there in the pre in a pre-sales role, they call it pre-sales, is before they have bought from you, and you're there to help the salesperson 
from a technical perspective. In many cases, the salesperson is not technical at all. Their job is to build relationships and to make sure that they can get an appointment with the right people and ask questions to help move a sale down a particular process towards, towards a purchase or towards whatever the goal is for that salesperson. Typically on the client side, there will be a person who is a decision maker who also may not be very technical and then they might have brought along technical people in their part of the discussion. So your job might be to simplify technical solutions into something that a non-technical person could understand. Your job might be to help provide guardrails for the salesperson to clarify if they have made a promise for something that let's say the software can't do or uh, your particular product might not be able to do. You might help to clarify what it is exactly that the software can do with relation to what they're explaining, for instance. It could be that your client has a technical person on their side. And they may have very specific technical questions that you could answer technically. And um, oftentimes there's a kind of, there'll be a kind of a joke around, we're gonna let the tech people talk and this kind of interaction between the technical people on both sides to be able to kind of vet that you know what you're talking about, that your solution is real and that it can answer those, those problems. A sales engineer, depending on the company, will need to, can, can actually, it's kind of a continuum of the type of person they are. In, in some companies, sales engineers are very, very much focused on sales and need to have a set of, need to have good training around sales skills, and they will be a little bit technical. And then I've been at other, I've seen other companies where the sales engineers will not be salesy at all. They will be completely technical, but still have enough kind of forward-facing, client-facing gravitas that they can go in front of a client and not be weird or awkward or things like that. Um, and then many, most companies try to split the difference. And a sales engineer is a person who has the sufficient technical knowledge to be able to answer those questions versus having enough sales expertise to be able to help drive the sale forward throughout the sales process and walk the clients through that. Now, this, the next role that I wanna talk about is called a solution architect. Now, solution architect is very similar to a sales engineer in many companies. So this is one where the two of these uh, can be, in some places a solution architect just is a sales engineer. In other uh, companies they are, they are different. So a solution architect is again, someone from a cloud perspective who's helping to architect solutions for a client. So maybe a little bit different from a sales engineer where a sales engineer might help with software and product selling, a solution architect might help with cloud solutions that need to be custom designed. So solution architects are, again, that kind of mix of both sales and engineering where you can design a solution either for internal or external clients that include cloud work and kind of similar work to what a cloud architect would do that is building a custom, potentially a custom cloud solution for a client. So you want to 
be a person who's designing solutions, influencing decisions for a customer or client, whether that's an internal customer or external customer, but you will have a customer facing role. This is effectively a part of sales. So it's similar to sales engineer in that respect. So I didn't really talk about the type of person who's interested in this, but this is, these two kind of go together. So I'll address them together. Really you want to be the type of person, a personality where you can perform in front of folks. If you have some sales experience that helps and really any sales experience, whether you worked at kiosk at the mall or, you know, you have any kind of front facing sales experience really helps to give you that customer facing view of how you need to interact with clients. Most of these come, most of these roles come with sales training included. So you can get trained up on that side. It's in most cases, it's assumed that you're bringing the technical capabilities and you'll be trained on the sales side because each company has their own sales process. So you have to learn that company's particular sales process. And it's assumed that you understand the cloud that you're going to be talking about from a solution architect perspective. So I will say you don't have to be extroverted. One thing that commonly trips people up is they think, oh, sales is for extroverts. And that is not true. Extroversion and introversion have more to do with how you recharge at the end of the day. So if you get you have a long, hard day at work and you're at the end of the day and you're looking to recharge, would you go out to hang out with a bunch of friends or would you, you know, want to hang out with just one person or by yourself or whatever read? And that's what determines whether you're introverted or extroverted, but none of that has anything to do with whether or not you can perform, right? There are a lot of artists and, and people who are introverted and they do just fine. So of course, being in front of a client will drain you if you're an introvert, but that's fine. A lot of things that you have to do will drain you one way or another. So it doesn't have anything to do with being an introvert. The question is, can you perform in front of people? This is something I talked about in another, uh, in another podcast about episode about interviewing prep, where if you're interested in solution architect and sales engineers roles and sales in general, that you'll want to think about Toastmasters and other opportunities for you to get in front of people and do presentations and feel comfortable doing presentations. It's going to be very important for these types of roles. Okay, the next role, I'm, it's actually, I'm going to do a combo of roles and that is cloud DevOps, cloud DevOps engineering, platform engineering, and site reliability engineering, often called SRE. I am going to walk through these a little bit because they are somewhat different um, and the names for these often change. People call them different things. It's easy to get them confused. And of course, people will say, oh, DevOps isn't a role. It's a culture, things like that. But if you go look online and you search for jobs and you type in DevOps, there'll be a ton of DevOps roles that exist there. So. You can ignore those folks. They don't know what they're talking about. DevOps is a culture. It is a change that happens at the company, which is about combining how developers and operations work together. Great, I understand all of that, but there are roles called DevOps roles. They are engineering roles. So 
DevOps engineer. These are roles that are dedicated to the implementation of DevOps strategies. DevOps strategy and culture is about, you've, you've probably heard terms like shift left and things like this. This is about empowering developers through tooling and automation. So this is plat, uh, DevOps engineering and also called platform engineering. Some have called it DevX, developer experience engineering. This is about making sure that when a developer pushes code to their CI tool, their continuous integration tool, that there are processes where tests are run, where feedback is given, where coverage is analyzed, and where deployments are done into development and staging and UAT and production. Whatever those processes look like, that is what DevOps engineering and platform engineering is all about. Site reliability engineering is similar uh, but different. I would recommend if you have the time to do some research between DevOps and SRE so that you can kind of understand what the difference is, an SRE typically has more of a programming background, is a software developer, understands software, and their job is to stand between dev and ops to understand potentially the impact of a particular software release into the live environment, into the production environment, and they are responsible for the reliability of the site. When it's done well, I, you know, I, I believe it's very effective. It can be done poorly. I think all of this can be done poorly, of course. So in some places, SRE is really just a glorified platform engineer. And then in other places, they actually, SREs have the ability to stop code promotion into production. So it can vary widely depending on that company's implementation. But really, these are people that are going to be focused in on automation. So this is really a role about automating processes, helping to build uh, uh, those automated tooling, and sorry, build automated tooling and automated processes that are gonna make the lives of your developers easier, make it easy to deploy code into the environment, make it easy to roll back code if there is an issue with a deployment, and there always are issues, but making it easy to roll that code back very fast and very effectively. So all that goes into DevOps and, and those things. And these are folks that are that into this role will like automation, will like build, you know, creating reliable deployments and shortcuts, interested in languages like Python and bash scripting, uh, and also have some familiarity with code and how it's deployed. Uh, so those are the key things that a DevOps engineer, platform engineer, SRE is engaged in. The next role I wanna talk about is a cloud consultant. So a cloud consultant can really be any one of these things. They can really do any of the activities that I've talked about previously in really any of the roles. You could be a DevOps consultant, you could be a cloud DevOps solution architect, you could be a cloud FinOps consultant, really get that consultant onto the end of any of these. The important thing to remember is a consultant is an external resource that's being brought in to have additional experience and expertise in a particular role. So you're going to be doing the same work that any of these other individuals would be doing in their roles. 
except from a consulting perspective. So a couple of things that you need to know about consulting to be prepared for those roles. Very much similar to the way solution architect and sales engineer, this is a customer facing role. And so you will need to have some proficiency in dealing with the customer and have be adept at managing customer expectations and working with customers directly. You're also expected to be an expert, right? And you will gain that expertise because as a consultant, you will be taking part in highly variable work. You're gonna be working with this client for three months, then you'll move to this client for maybe six months and you'll move to another client for one month. So over the course of the year, you're going to see vastly more implementations of technology than the average engineer will see at one company. And so when you step into your fourth or fifth engagement with a client, you now have all of the benefits of having seen all of the other clients and how they are implementing this solution so that you can bring that experience to bear. Now you're not going to know everything and every time you go to a client you're going to be doing something new for the first time at that client almost every time. But that will become something that continues to to allow you to grow in that space and, and gain additional expertise. So that's the important thing about that. Your, your work is highly variable. So the person, the personality that's going to like this kind of work is someone who likes highly variable work, someone who gets bored with doing the same thing over and over again. You might end up doing the same thing at a couple of different clients, but there's always just a little bit of a, a different tinge on how, how the work is going to be done. There's a little bit, not a little, there's typically a lot more pressure to make sure you're always working on something because you are billable. The, the company only makes money when you're working with another company. So there's some additional pressure there as well. And you likely will not be around long enough to see how your solutions work out. So a bit like the cloud architect or the solution architect, you're gonna be in a position where you might be designing and building something and then walking away forever. Uh, never to return and, and to touch that thing again. So you, there has to be some level of comfort with the fact that you're going to build something and then leave it to the client to continue with going forward. That kind of sums up cloud consultant. I've been a cloud consultant for uh, a number of, probably a decade now. And I, the one thing I love about being a consultant is just being able to touch so many different technologies. I think about AWS specifically, because of my consulting, I've been able to touch everything from transit gateway to doing very large migrations to touching Amazon MSK to Kinesis and, and you know, a lot of services that unless the company has a very specific need, they just simply wouldn't, they won't touch individual services, right? Cloud HSM is pretty rare for a client to use. I've only had two clients that I've worked on use them before, or like the um, the big HANA instances. I had a client that was that did SAP HANA on AWS Cloud and stood up the very largest instance that was available at the time. And so the, those kinds of things are rare. And so it's, it's great experience to be able to 
touch those things, but the, the negative and downside, which I mentioned is oftentimes you're walking out of a situation once the deployment is done, once the engagement's over, and you may not ever get to find out how everything turned out at the end, is you just have to leave it to the company to continue from that point forward. Now, one thing I didn't talk about on any of this is how much these folks make, because that can depend a lot. All of the things around money for these roles depends on your level of experience, the company that you're working at, where it's located, whether it's remote or not. There's a lot of factors that go into these. Some of them are obviously pay more than others, but um, it's hard to tell for individual roles. You'll need to do research about that. And I would recommend that you look at the roles that you're interested in and think about what you want to do in terms of your own career path. Don't be driven necessarily by money because if you find and get a role as a consultant and you're making very good money, but you're not happy with the fact that maybe you have to travel and every few months you're at a new client and you're not able to really see something through to the end the way cloud architect at a large corporation would be able to build something and then be around to, sh to show that it's successful and to see the fruits of your labor at the end, then it doesn't matter how much money you make, you won't, you won't be happy in that role. All right, you made it to the end of the episode. Great job. Be sure to follow this podcast for more great episodes. I release a new one every week. You know, I created this podcast to help people just like you with the secrets to jumpstarting their cloud career, but I need your help. Please rate and review this podcast on Spotify or Apple. And of course, share this with anyone you know that is also on this journey as well. Thanks again for listening. Let's get into cloud.